There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too, and you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Talkin' Titans, a post-game edition. Uh, the Titans suffer their first loss of the season, 27-24 to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sports columnist Gentry Estes alongside... Eric Backrack, Titans beat writer for the Tennessean. And Eric, I guess what do you what do you make of this? It was pretty bleak for a while. The Titans trailed right. twenty seven to seven there in the third quarter, but this is a team that's been awfully resilient. Uh, you you I guess you expect they're going to make a push and they have a chance to win the game at the end. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of just the prevailing mantra of this team, or I guess just um, you know what what they've become known for is just. Never, never saying quit. I think, Jetra, you and I were, were starting to think this was a game where um, we would have everything we needed written by the end of the third quarter. It would kind of go as we expected. And, and you know, the way things were trending what was the way it was going to end. And, of course, the Titans find a way to battle back. You know, so I, I think they deserve credit for that, especially against the team they were playing, just the way things were going. I, I thought the Steelers were going to run away with it with the defense that they have. I thought that it was going to be, you know, really hard for them, for the Titans to make it close. And, and to their credit, you know, they were a Steven Goskowski 45-yard kick away from, from tying it up late. You know, that that's an ongoing issue that, you know, just won't go away for the Titans kicking. Uh, and there was a lot of sort of ongoing issues that uh, made themselves apparent again. I guess the kicking was the big one in, in addition to third down. That That is a nightmare that just won't go away for the Titans. Their defense on third down, they just cannot get off the field. Today they were 13 for 18 in, in um, stopping the, the Steelers, or excuse me, the opposite. Steelers were 13 for 18 in converting. And, you know, between that, um, you know, some other mistakes that, uh, you know, the Titans have done a good job of sort of avoiding this season, uh, you know, from the early hole that they found themselves, found themselves in. They were down 14 nothing. They allowed uh, the Steelers to score a touchdown on the opening drive. Those were the first points allowed by the Titans on the opening drive of any game this season. You know, there was a bunch of special teams mistakes that were super uncharacteristic of this Titans team. So, you know, all that being said, they were there at the end. So it, it's kind of tough to, you know, kind of sum up what you take away from this because there, there's so much to clean up. And at the same time, you know, this was the cream of the crop in the AFC and the Titans almost put themselves in the spot to tie it up, or they did put themselves in the spot to tie it up late. They just couldn't seal the deal. So, um, you know, a, a lot to sort of unpack in this one, in my opinion. I felt like the the Steelers came in with a great plan here, and, and I felt like they were able to, to do – look, if you're going to draw up exactly how to take the Titans out of a game, they did it. They kept the offense on the sideline, the defense on the field. They got a big lead early to take Derrick Henry out of it to force the Titans to have to throw against the league's best pass rush. If you if you would draw up the exact way the Steelers would just roll right through the Titans for about two and a half quarters, this was it. It looked exactly that way. It was perfect for the Steelers. They had 74 offensive plays to the Titans' 56. Uh, time of possession ended up balancing out a little more by the end of the game, but at one point it was laughable. Right. Uh, I, I think you said that you had never seen a, a quarter where I think the, the time of possession was something like 13 minutes, 30 seconds to one minute to like 90 seconds in the first quarter. It was, it was insane. 
And considering the okay, the Steelers lead the NFL in sacks. Right. Tit- Titans don't have Taylor the one, and now the Steelers know they're going to have to throw the ball to come back. To me, it was set up to get fairly ugly. Yeah, um, exactly. I, I, f- I felt as though the Titans were being badly outplayed in, in all areas, and is really they look. They've had some close calls all season, but this was the first time I really felt that in watching a game. And the fact that it didn't happen, they hung in there. They kept making plays. Defense, defense was a mess again, and that's that's an issue that's going to have to be cleared up. But they get a couple interceptions. Right. They put they they make a few stops on third down. The few they were able to make were in kind of key moments as they're trying to get back into the game. Uh, Tannehill continues to make plays. The Steelers completely forget to cover AJ Brown pretty much the entire second half. Right. He he get he gets a big play touchdown, and all of a sudden. You know, here they come. I think the Steelers never, never quite had the knockout punch that it's going to take against a team like the Titans that just keeps fighting. I mean, they showed their resiliency. And in, and I think that, look, this was a game the Steelers probably deserved to win. They outplayed the Titans, mm-hmm. I think, for, for, for 60 minutes. But the way the Titans responded in the second half, I think, makes this a lot more of a positive for them than it could have been had they just gotten blown off the field there in the second half. And, and, and we really were headed that direction. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a pure disaster by halftime. Um, you know, I certainly didn't think, you know, we would be talking about the Titans in this type of tone after the game. And I, I think, you know, it goes back to something that we've kind of been regurgitating all season, which is the Titans are kind of immune to that sort of knockout punch that that you kind of alluded to there, Gentry. And I think, honestly, I think if Goskowski makes that that kick to send it into overtime and the Titans win the toss, you know, I, I think even for how as good as, as the Steelers' defense is, I think you, you feel just as confident as, as you did last week against the Texans with the way things were going. If they won the toss, they would be able to go down there and win the game. So, um, you know, a lot of negatives, a, a lot of stuff to clean up for sure for the Titans. But I think ultimately um, – this was sort of a measuring stick for where you are in the AFC. And to me, it, it tells you that you're right there. If you could clean up some, some certain areas, namely third down, and we'll see what, you know, how this Steven Goskowski journey, you know, what happens there from here. Um, but I, I think mostly you're encouraged by, by what you saw in, in terms of the bounce back from the Titans, because, you know, as, as you kind of just said, I, I, I certainly didn't see it um, unfolding that way in the second half. Yeah, and you look at this game and say, other than the turnovers, it really wasn't a very good game defensively. It was a horrible game, special teams wise. Yeah, um, you, you had a botched punt. You had the miss. In addition to the missed field goal at the end, you had a botched punt. You had the Steelers get a long punt return, set up a touchdown. You had Raymond mess up a kickoff return and right. set him back. I mean, it, there there were all kinds of issues on special teams that hadn't been happening. It really wasn't a very solid game for the Titans, and and you kind of as you're sitting there, it's twenty seven twenty four late. Titans get an interception in the end zone and they start driving and my God, they're going to win the game. I don't know how, but, but they're going to find a way to, to win this game. And then the fact that they didn't was almost surprising. You know, I think it had to do with the grounding penalty and then setting up uh, the miss by Goskowski, which um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, he missed, missed some last week too. And uh, you know, he had that, well, he had a block and he missed one last week too. And, you know, you really kind of felt like they found their kicker, I guess, after the Minnesota game. But, you know, he keeps – he built up a lot of capital that game, but he keeps kind of spending it now. Yeah, it's it's the nightmare that won't go away for the Titans. They're, they're kicking game. Guskowski, I believe he's now 10 for 16 on the season. And he's been super streaky, you know, missed the first three of the season. 
then he made nine in a row, then he missed two last week against the Texans, then one for two today, including uh, the game tying field goal uh, that he missed. So that that's something that um, you know just won't go away for the for the Titans. And and honestly, Gentry, I think at this point, you know, the Titans could go into Cincinnati next week and, and fall down forty at the half, which they won't because Cincinnati is not that good. But they could. And I still at this point, you know, would probably have to assume that the Titans were not out of it. That's just kind of where they are. Um, no matter what the score is, no matter what the situation is you know, to their credit, they're really resilient. They know how to fight back and they've got that clutch gene that I've mentioned a couple times this season, um, you know, that'll keep them in any game. And if they're able to do that against the Steelers, they're able to do that against anyone in the AFC. Yeah, it's amazing given the fact that I, I really don't think the Titans played particularly well in this game, and yet they did almost beat the team that you could, at this point, make a case for being the best team in the AFC. I don't know. I mean, there, there's the Chiefs, but... Chiefs are certainly more explosive, and I wrote this, but I think that the Steelers might be more complete. They're yeah. a good team. They're a good team. They have a very, very good defense, and their offense, while they're not going to go out and score 50 points on anybody, they're very good at what they do, and, and it's set up poorly for the Titans in that you you got a good – you know, I think Ben Roethlisberger has turned into the gasp, you know, the game manager type that that he they're not at, they're not asking him to sling it all over the field, but he's he's really really good at taking what the defense has given him. And the Titans just simply didn't have an answer for these short throws. Guy breaks a tackle, gets ten yards, move the chains, and right. and it was that way all game. Um, Smith, Schuster, and Johnson both for the Steelers both caught nine balls. Uh, which was three more than anybody on the Titans. A.J. Brown had 153 receiving yards, but he only caught six passes. Corey Davis caught six passes, too. It was good for, to, to get him back. But, you know, the Steelers did this where their longest gain of the whole day was 28 yards. And, and that was a play to Smith-Schuster that was right after a third and seven where they got seven yards and moved the chains. And that was on that last drive that ended It ended in an interception in the end zone, but the Steelers were able to work the clock a little bit. Right. And, you know, the defense was better in the second half, but it's still the third down. It's 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 really, really frustrating. Uh, but you could go two ways with this, this Eric. You, you could hang your head over the fact that uh, some real flaws showed up today, or you could be confident that uh, they, they almost won the game even with that. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's another game where you look at all those numbers and you wonder how it was as close as it was, how they were a field goal away from sending it to overtime. Uh it, you know, when it comes to third down, they, they entered this game ranked last in the league uh, in third down percentage on defense and, and obviously only, you know, did things to cement their place there today. Um, and it, it's kind of been, you know, the, the same sort of sentiment pushed by the Titans after after every game that they have to improve there, that it's, you know, communication, it's execution. You know, at a certain point, um, I, I wonder uh, if it's just, you know, something the Titans are going to have to put up with. Or is it something that can actually improve? Because if it can, you know, if, if they can clean up third down, that's really the one thing that's been holding them back aside from some of the, the field goal kicking issues. If, if they can improve there, um, you know, you have to think that they're, they're, they're right there. And the thing is, you're not re- – with pass rush and coverage, you're not really good enough at either spot to make up for the weakness at the other. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um you know, we, we saw today Clowney get hurt a little bit. Um, he came back in the game. Derek Roberson was inactive, so the Titans were only rolling with uh, three outside linebackers. I still think in, in the silver lining on the horizon all season has been a Dory Jackson coming back. I think when you get him back, that's going to be a huge boost. We saw today how, 
you know, the Titans used Jonathan Joseph or, or didn't use him. Um, you know, I, I think he's, he's, he's obviously an aging player. And, you know, if you can replace him with an Adore Jackson type guy, who's you know, at his peak, um, you know, gives you a lot of speed on the outside. I think that's a huge boon to this defense that the Titans have been waiting for. So that is something to look forward to. I think throwing him back into the mix improves a lot of different areas defensively for them. But, you know, it still comes back to the pass rush. They have to do better there. And, and you know, having to get more out of the guys that they brought in to do that in Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clown. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, you know, going into this game, I kind of thought this was the setup that could really expose the Titans. But if things went well, they could also kind of confirm their credentials as one of the best teams in the AFC. Actually, I think both happened. I think they got exposed. Ironically, today. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think I, this is a weird game because I think the Steelers and the Titans both could come out of this feeling better or worse, and for right. a lot of reasons. Uh, I think the Steelers, as good as they played, they did panic a little bit there in the second half. And the Titans, they have that basketball momentum to them, man, where they get on a run and they really put a lot of pressure on you. Mm-hmm. And you could, uh, could kind of see it coming there at the end, but not quite this time. Probably a deserved result. I felt like the better team probably did win this game, but I agree. Um, but uh, but I don't think it's a killer for the Titans, and and I think they move ahead to Cincinnati in a very winnable game, and you know get back on track. I agree. All right, well that'll do it for this edition of Talking Titans. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is you get your podcast. Drop us a review and a rating while you're at it to help others find our work here. For Eric Bacharach, I am Gentry Estes. Thanks for listening. Talkin' Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talkin' Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talkin' Titans is a production of the Tennessean, 